Welcome to Pitch Intensity Fan Entertainment Movie Pitching Podcast and today the TV finale pitching podcast. We've teased it in a number of episodes uh, before this, but today we are finally going to pitch how to end The Simpsons. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Darren. Yes, this is the like great challenge that we're going to see in our lifetimes, I think, on TV, is that how do you end like this show? Like Probably the singularly most iconic TV series ever. Like, I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find one that's as like universally known and, to some extent, universally loved. Yeah, certainly, it's its first what ten, twelve series. I think is classified mm. as like the peak of uh, of prime time animated television. Yeah, uh, and but bear in mind that me and Darren are—I mean, Darren's thirty years old. I'm twenty-nine coming, and um, we've not lived in a world without The Simpsons yet. So oh, wow. I know. Um, if you obviously not counting the Tracy Ullman shorts, counting when it first started with Simpsons roasting on an open fire, uh, 1989 is when the Simpsons first aired um, as its Jeez. own. I know. So, so finishing this is an absolutely gargantuan task. It's one of the longest running TV shows um, on American television. It is the singular longest running animated TV show of all time. It's one of the most profitable TV shows ever made. It's one of the most recognizable TV shows ever made. It's certainly ingrained in the pop culture of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I think sort of like us and sort of like late Gen Xers, I think this is like a cornerstone of their of their viewing history. Yeah. Again, we've not existed in the world without The Simpsons. There are people in this world who will grow up and The Simpsons is actually a relic. <laughs> like, oh. I can't believe that that is that is the task that we're we're, we're going with. So um, I went last last time. Um, mm-hmm. Bear in mind, oh god, this was three pictures ago that we that we had a, a versus one because we we did Spider Man two together. Then we did the Netflix bonanza, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but last time I went last. This time I'm going first. I just want to say this is one of the hardest things I've ever <laughs> had to write. Well, that's understandable because I mean. You're, you're trying to sum up, what, 30 plus seasons. I mean, it's still going. I have every faith it'll reach season 40. Um, yeah, so 30 plus seasons going, a movie, you know, a theme park. I must say, the ride isn't great. Um, no. my... However, the themed area is phenomenal. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but my God, does that ride beat the shit out of you? Um, yeah, there's, there's so many, like, permutations of how you've got to land this plane in a half an hour episode that that's herculean and like i also found out i, I, I presume the same turns out right comedy especially simpsons comedy it's actually pretty hard so maybe we should lay off every season after season 30 yeah absolutely um that's i was about to say that was my next point it t- turns out that i think me and you are both really good at producing ideas and producing dramatic scripts but we are not comedy writers um despite the wealth of comedy gold that we've you know produced over the years although admittedly half of that is just regurgitating stuff on the simpsons because there is a simpsons (laughs) quote for everything everything. of course there is oh my god so i think uh, and uh, this is a forward to my idea it is impossible to end the simpsons and satisfy everyone Mm mm-hmm because as part of my research for doing this, it turns out that everybody has their idea of how they want The Simpsons to go out. A lot of those people disturbingly want The Simpsons to die off in horrific ways. I don't know whether that's um, just a, a symptom of the anonymity that the Internet gives you. But a lot of people want the nuclear power plant to blow up. A lot of people want The Simpsons to fucking murder each other. And I can't tell whether it's sincere or a joke. It's kind of spooky. Right. But there's been some genuinely good ideas out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the one that permeates through it all is the idea that current showrunner Al Jean pitched on Twitter, which was to have the show go in, in infinite loop. So the last scene of the final episode is the first scene of the first episode and yeah. the entire thing's a loop. It's not what I've done because I've taken cues from um, 
uh, I was watching a bunch of videos about how to end The Simpsons. It turns out there's not that many. Uh, the one that I latched onto um, was from Full Fat Videos on YouTube, and they have like a three-point um, system on what constitutes a satisfying ending to a series. So the brief is it has to finish the story, it has to let us say goodbye to the characters, and it has to provide a sense of closure. I think that's what I've managed to do. Again, I'm not a comedy writer, so this is going to read more like an episode synopsis than it is a script. Mm-hmm. Um, but but here, here we go. Um, my idea is that it is... And, and again, you could have done anything with this. You could have done another film. You could have done uh, like a what-if episode. You could have done a feature-length episode. Again, mm. it's not what I've done. I've gone for a primetime television event comprising of an hour-long special split into two half an hours. Right. Um, so part one, again, and, and they're classified as like separate episodes in the episode run. So, for example, if part one is episode 699, part two is episode 700, or something like that. Um, part one is called Don't You Forget About Me, with forget about me in brackets like the song. Right, um, lovely. <laughs> um, and here we go. So um, you open up on uh, Springfield Elementary and Bart and Lisa are finishing their final day of the school year. You can make a fun joke here about how they can't believe after all this time that they'll finally be moving up a grade because this school year has felt more like 30 years. Ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a sense of dread kind of between Bart and Lisa that this is actually quite a momentous event that things are going to change and they are kind of comfortable with the reality that they live in. However, it is summer vacation and they are excited to go home and do nothing for the next six weeks or however long Americans have off. I'm using the, the, the British stand in for this. We get six weeks for our uh, for our summer holiday. I, I don't know what the Americans have, but whatever the Americans have. Um, after that scene, you go over to Homer at the power plant, who's actually kind of like selfishly glum that the kids are going to get their summer vacation. Meanwhile, he has to continue working because, as we all know, Homer is a big man child. Um, he's kind of complaining that everything is staying the same, despite the fact that around him you can see that there's quite a lot of changes. Like compa- you compare Homer's console to the one you see in season one compared to the one you see now. Homer's doing this whilst he's twiddling on a smartphone. You could have like extra security and robot arms in the background. Maybe give Mr. Burns robot legs. That would be funny. Um, so that's the kind of setup. Um, there is this idea that everything changes, but nothing changes. Um, there is an, a surge in the power plant, which sends like a wave out and i don't mean like a a gas cloud i mean like there's an electrical surge uh, and you transfer over to the retirement castle where abe who apparently lives in an incredibly dangerous um <laughs> like apartment so like you can, you can imagine like he's just leaving like sharp objects all over the place and he's taking too many pills but he's surviving um he unfortunately manages to shock himself with a static electric shock off a door handle and unfortunately abe simpson dies oh and that's where we get into the crux of this episode. Um, we are finishing the story. We are we are ending Abraham Simpson. Um, the staff, and again, the, the, I think the tone can be quite funny that it's just such a minor stupid thing that finally sees Abe off, but I think there has to be a little bit of a tonal shift in the coming scenes. So, so Marge is the one that finds out that Abe's died because Homer didn't actually put himself as the emergency contact and instead put the number for a um, like a Krusty Burger or Moe's Tavern or something like that. So Marge is the one that finds out that this has happened and she has to give the unfortunate news to Homer when he returns from work. Homer does not know how to how to go about this. Homer can't remember a time where Abe Simpson wasn't alive. He resolves not to tell the kids because he himself doesn't want to face the reality that his dad is dead and he's now the oldest person in his family. Um, this results in some quite somber scenes of, um, of Homer going to Moe's Tavern and not drinking or going to the bowling alley and throwing entire gutter balls. Everything that Homer has enjoyed, it seems to fall apart a little bit. We have some scenes of Homer attempting to write the eulogy, but he also, he's incredibly sad and yet also can't remember a time where his dad was nice to him you can throw in some flashbacks from previous seasons where we can see that abe you know he used to be with it but what is oh god i can't oh, do that oh maggle come on you know ah oh, he used to be with it 
Um, but then they, then they change what it was. was. Now what he's with is an it, and what it seems weird and strange to him. There you go. To you, there we go. Um, and you, you know, you get the the scenes of like, you know, Homer was left to his own devices to shove crayons up his brain, or <laughs> all of this stuff that showed that Abe actually kind of was a terrible father. Um, in the B plot, we've got uh, Bart and Lisa attempting to enjoy their summer vacation, but they're actually starting to find very little joy in what they love. So, for example, um, Bart is actually really unimpressed by the new Bonestorm video game because it's riddled with microtransactions. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa begins to lose her love for activism. You could possibly make a Greta Thunberg joke here because it's just kind of been done. The two were kind of in the throes of apathy as they are starting to grow up. Bart's a teenager. like he, He's starting to to become moody and Lisa is starting to realise that the things that she loves might not be her life's passion and they're having a bit of an identity crisis. Uh, on top of this, um, things just really start to fall apart with the funeral situation. Um, the costs are rising. Um, Abe's old bills are coming in that Homer then needs to deal with. That His debts begin to skyrocket. And Homer even actually ends, ends up losing some of his inheritance because Abe forgot to take people who have already died or left the series out of his will. So, so a lot of that money just goes to complete fucking strangers. And Homer is struggling. Eventually, everything spills over and the kids find out that their grandfather is dead and they are heartbroken that Homer would keep this from them and not give them any time to grieve. I think in terms of the pace of the story, this might actually even be the day before the funeral because drama. Um, So the Simpsons are a house divided by the time it comes to the day of Abe Simpson's funeral. Um, and this is where, like, because we've had quite a shitty episode up till now. It's 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 been quite a lot of dark humor, quite a lot of, um, how should I say, it? like humor at the expense of the pain of the Simpsons family. Not just Homer this time. It is everybody is starting to feel the uh, the pangs of sadness. However, when the funeral procession begins, and after they've accidentally dropped Abe's coffin a few times, because you know that would be heartbreaking. Um, the Simpson family are passing through Springfield where surprisingly people have actually gathered along the streets to pay their respects. Not in great droves, but most of the secondary and tertiary characters have a relationship with the Simpsons. Their sadness is their sadness as well. And they have come to pay their respects, if not in the church, on the way there. Um, ideally, I'd quite like something along the lines of the times they are changing in this, because whilst you've got everybody paying their respects, and this seems like a monumental occasion, it's not the only thing in Simpson in the world of the Simpsons changing. So, for example, Chief Wiggum could resign as the chief of the force, hand the reins over to Lou. Uh, the Krusty Burger and the Lard Lad um, donuts stand. They get knocked down for the future site of a combination Krusty Burger and Lard Lad donuts because synergy um, mm-hmm. and even the legendary tire fire has actually gone out it's no longer burning um we move towards like the the end of this episode um and the moment has arrived and homer has to give the eulogy speech the kids are crying they're still kind of really pissed at him marge is is kind of like sympathetic but thinks that she should have involved the kids more in this situation and then we get to it. Homer pulls out a piece of paper um, containing his speech and he begins by lambasting his father for being terrible. He details all the times that he didn't care. He made his life hell. He actively made Homer a screw-up. And and then Homer starts to own all of that and the speech turns the corner. Homer talks about how even if Abe wasn't the best example to lead by, he was still his dad. He says that no matter what, Abe is always going to be with them. Maybe not in every day, but in everything that he and therefore the family will end up doing. Because the one thing that drives them through is is the love that they all share. Even when it leaves, it stays with you forever. That speech kind of gets the family back on side as they kind of realise that Homer, despite his many numerous and quite frankly poorly written flaws by the later seasons... In this moment, he's trying to be a good dad, a good son, and a good man. So that, that everyone comes back on side. All four of them are smiling, and Homer's kind of holding back the tears. I want the camera to pan behind Homer here and show that he's not actually written anything down. 
he's just got like he's just like paper clipped a picture of um grandpa simpson moana simpson homer and his brother herb he didn't mm-hmm. write anything down he just like ad-libbed the entire thing and delivered the perfect speech because i think that would be a really nice thing for homer to actually like achieve something that's his own even in the final moments nice uh, um you go outside and we get the burial as dirt's being shoveled onto the oh god hang on my notes just went crazy there as dirt's being shoveled onto the coffin and homer's trying to keep it together for the family maggie finally takes her pacifier out and delivers the last line of the episode and she just simply says goodbye nice. so homer and marge have like a knowing little sentimental look they've realized that their lives are changing however instead of dwelling on the sadness of the situation the family share smiles eventually they might even share a laugh as the camera pulls back uh, through springfield the final scene we move about three months later something like that long enough for it to be um the time where bart and lisa are back in school because you hear that familiar theme tune playing i, I should have mentioned that the the episode didn't open with a couch gag um you hear that familiar theme tune playing and we're going through Springfield. We arrive at the school. Bart's now in fifth grade. He's still behind after class. He's in a different room. His chalkboard lines say, I will never learn my lesson. Um, the bell rings. He skateboards out at the power plant. Homer's actually had his first productive day at the plant. Smithers is actually completing his performance appraisal with a positive rating. But the second the horn sounds, in his excitement... He uh, accidentally slams the console, sends the plan to meltdown, and Smithers, Carl, and Lenny have to, like, fix it whilst he drives <laughs> home. Um, a band practice, Lisa is playing a soulful, jazzy version of the Simpsons theme tune. I'd like to dwell on that a little bit longer than he's given in the actual runtime. Um, and maybe have, like, a camera moment where you can see that the sheet music is its her composition. She's written this piece of music. And instead of it stopping as she plays away at the door, the band carries on playing. Um, I'm not sure what you'd do with Marge and Maggie here um, because <laughs> Marge is kind of like the forgotten Simpson. I didn't really have an idea for how to expand on her shopping trip without feeling a bit patronising. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just put Marge does an impressive thing and move on. <laughs> um, so instead of that kind of like really quick pan across the entirety of Springfield, we go to all of our secondary characters and we see them having that post-work family dynamic. It, like, even if it's just characters that live on their own, like the sea captain or Bumblebee man, comic book guy, Mo, all of them are returning to their normal lives in in quite a nice extended musical sequence until we arrive at our final location at the Simpsons house. Everyone rushes in, and for the first time in 30 years, everybody's on the couch. Nothing weird happens. Homer throws the remote into the air. It's caught by Bart and Lisa. They turn the TV on. You hear the itchy and scratchy show black that's the end of part one okay very nice part two is called evergreen as in evergreen terrace mm-hmm. obviously um so it's a cold opening the camera travels up the road of evergreen terrace it's quite obviously in the future um this is set about 30 years 35 years after the the uh, part one so you could have like little like visual gags to show that we're in the future so all of the street lamps are hovering uh they're having a vr water fight but one of the kids gets fried by actual water someone's walking a dog that's on a Roomba whilst he's on a segway so you know dumb gags that show that this is very much in the future of this timeline and we reach our final destination of 742 evergreen terrace we pan down as the door opens and we just see a familiar black pair of shoes walk towards the garbage can holding a bag of rubbish goes into the can we pan up it's a total stranger um we pan round to show this completely unknown man um and a moving van as boxes are being moved into the simpsons home um this is where we meet the people who have now moved into 742 evergreen terrace and you will know that this is a, a reference right away welcome to the family the thompsons Ooh, nice. Um, so, the, just to give you a brief introduction to the characters, these are one-off characters. Um, what's that name of that show that you like that's about that family over the different years? Oh, uh, This Is Us. Can we have them uh, voiced by the This Is Us ca- um, cast, if this works? Let me know if this works. I think um, so. So we've got the father, Lucian Thompson, 
Uh, he's black. He's a new teacher um, at Springfield Elementary. They've all moved from Shelbyville to start a new life. You've got his wife, Samantha Thompson, who is yellow. She's a local government safety regulator. You have the eldest daughter, Liz Thompson Brooks. Um, she's also white. She's from Samantha's previous relationship, and she is very much a rebel girl. And you have the youngest son, Ezra Thompson, who is mixed race and is the result of Lucian and Samantha's new marriage. Would that work, voiced by the This Is Us cast? Uh I mean, you'd have to move around, like, who's playing who because of the ethnicities. But, yeah, you could probably put that together. Cool. Uh, I, 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 this is just something I just threw in to, to give you a hook more than anything else. <laughs> to, to get me on side. Very nice. Yeah. So um, the Thompsons have moved into this house because, again, they've moved from Shelbyville. There is a third baby on the way. They need more space. They like the idea of the leafy suburbs. Unfortunately, they've picked the Simpson house. Um, so as we go inside, we kind of get the um, the play by play of the Thompsons first day at 742 Evergreen Terrace. I've not detailed every single thing here. I've just got a couple of scenes. I want to give you a general idea of what we're doing. And then I'm going to give you the final scene of the series. So um, Lucian, Tom, I've already mentioned that they've moved from Shelbyville. Um, so we could have a scene, for example, Lucian's in the garden. He's moving their garden furniture in, but over the fence you've got the nosy neighbours, Rod and Todd Flanders, who introduce themselves as the local pastors. Um, they they kind of try to preach the good book at Lucian, but he's not really having any of it. And they kind of talk about how they're carrying on their dad's legacy. You could have a cutaway gag where you could see that Flanders is in heaven with Maud, and they are now God's annoying neighbours. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, a really nice way to kind of say goodbye to the Flanders family mm -hmm. um, as Lucian's checking out Homer's hammock it completely falls in on him as, and he hits the ground and he notices the tree house um, the idea of the Thompson family going around the Simpsons house and finding things that have been key in the series is very much the, the MO of this episode so it, it gives us space to have flashbacks that are not clips from a previous episode but are in canon newly written newly voiced pieces of simpsons law so the treehouse it leads to a flashback of uh so actually no lucian goes up into the treehouse and carved into the wood he sees el barto and lucian's like i remember seeing these tags all over town when i was young and then you can flash back you can have bar being punished for being el barto for doing the graffiti he has to be consoled by lisa who explains that the family are being tough on him because, yeah, he did a shitty thing, but they love him no matter what. You could have a scene where Liz, the oldest daughter, is exploring her new room. Um, and kind of you get a scene with her and Ezra finding the note that says you are Lisa Simpson. And they could be like, Lisa Simpson, we had a president called Lisa Simpson. She was from Springfield. And Liz could be like, there's no way a president can come from this backwater town. Besides, you know how many towns there are called in, <laughs> how many towns are called Springfield. It's the most common name in America. Um, you can have a flashback of if that, what I quite like is the idea that they find stuff through the house. So like Homer's chair that has the extra legs, his diff stupid hammer, the tiki god thing. All of these dumb things that normally would be like extras in a video game. And the family are getting them together and popping them in a box. Because why was all this junk left all over the place? I think the final flashback sequence I'd like to do is... It's the day that Homer and Marge first move into 742. Uh, and I'd like it to be they've like they've started to strip the wallpaper off. And there's like a handwritten message from Marge. And it's got the date of the first episode is the day they moved in or something like that. Something cute like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how they know who they have to go and look for. All of this stuff belongs to a man called, well, belongs to a couple called Homer and Marge Simpson. Um, I, I don't want to dwell too much on it because I, I really like the the idea that the, um, the two future episodes that happen quite later on in the series, Holidays of Future Past and Holidays of Future Future, are the canon future of the simpsons because it's the only future that where they've done two episodes of it mm -hmm. so it would be uh lisa did serve eight years as the first female president she later married millhouse they now get a daughter but was a high school dropout with two kids is divorced um and i think i'd like to have bar appear in this series 
in this series, in this episode, just for the last moment, just to tick off his life because he's been, always been talking about how he wanted to go to law school. Mm-hmm. And at age 40-something, I'd quite like him to finally have that scene where he finds out he's got in. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that'd be a really nice way to tie that off. Um, Homer and Marge obviously don't live at 742 anymore, even though that's very much what it was always like in the future episodes. But they've now moved into the retirement community. It's a little bit different compared to what it was before. It's obviously a lot more futuristic. Maybe there's some robot nurses. Um, there's going to be like appearances of mostly the kid characters, and you get to see what they're doing now in kind of in introducing themselves into the neighborhood. You can find out stuff like I mean, we already know Rod and Todd are now the ones that run the church. Um, I quite like the idea of Nelson having a really nice ending because he he never really got much of a, a look in in the normal series so if, if he was something like a charity worker or if he just got a really nice life he got his shit together that'd be really cool i'd like it if <laughs> there's a throwaway line in those two future episodes that say that martin is trans now do that why not mm-hmm. um ralph is the um is an executive at the fox broadcast network he's responsible for the south <laughs> of disney because that was the stupidest thing ever um I'd like a dumb joke where it's like any kid character you don't see. Um, there's a canonical reason for that because Otto accidentally drove a bus off a cliff and all those kids are dead. <laughs> just just dumb shit like that. Because <laughs> uh, like I, I like the idea that part one says goodbye to the the adult characters and part two says goodbye to the kids characters. But nice. But the the final scene is very much the goodbye to the entire series so um lucian after gathering up all of the leftover items that the simpsons have left behind into one big box pops in his car heads up to the springfield retirement castle heads up to the door and an old homer who very much resembles um an older bolder fatter version of abe simpson now uh, answers the door and they kind of he starts rooting through the box like the child he is and the two have a moment to talk about their families and you can have a a bit of a fun jibe that like homer was able to afford that house on his salary alone whilst march never worked a day in her life meanwhile the new family they've both got to have jobs the kids have got to do well in school and everything's changed it's kind of like hey you know this thing has been around for a long enough time for the two have been some social upheaval the idea of the core american family has changed um, Lucian comments that Homer and his family have done some absolutely incredible things in their life, but Homer's like, eh, we're pretty run-of-the-mill, we're pretty boring, actually. Lucian's like, you've been to space, you've befriended half of Hollywood, you got the town trapped under a giant dome, and so on and so forth. Like, one extended line of dialogue that's just a list of the most ridiculous shit the Simpsons have done. And Homer's like, oh, that. <laughs> um, after... Uh, saying their goodbyes and uh, Homer asking Lucian to look after the house. Um, Homer goes inside, takes the box with him, and inside the box, in and amongst all the dumb shit, like the the water-drinking bird and the hand-dialer and all this nonsense, he finds an old TV remote. And this kind of gives him a little bit of joy. Um, Homer disappears with the TV remote into the back room, and he wheels out an old, pink, boxy 80s TV, wires it up, he sits down on the couch. All of this is without dialogue. He sits down on the couch, and as an old Marge cuddles up to him, we pan behind the back of the TV camera. The screen wipes to black, and we enter the credit sequence that shows, um, a lot like the Simpsons movie, um, all of the people who've ever done a voice on the Simpsons, pictures of all the characters they've um, they've voiced. And that is how we say goodbye, Darren. I think you undersold that. I think that was really good. I'll tell you now, you've made braver decisions than I have, especially with that last episode. But I think it's, I think it's really nice because I have, for the most part, avoided... Because like, Simpsons can do nice emotional moments. It's rare, especially nowadays, but they can do them. Um, the earlier series had loads of them. The episode where uh, Homer's mom comes back, that ending is a real gut yeah. punch. Exactly. So I think you've done, you know, you've killed Abe. And I was trying to think, like, how many of the main, like, people you would classify as main characters, not like one-off ones that have died. I think it's only three. I think it's Bleeding Gums Murphy, Mona Simpson, and Maud. I can't think of anybody else. Like, Dr. apparently, Mick? Well, but didn't he come back? Like, everyone said, well, he's not actually dead. 
Right, oh, but yeah. having said that, I've watched a lot of the new Simpsons and I haven't seen him, so... Did they kill off Herb at the end? I don't remember. Like Herb Powell? Yeah. No, because he, come, he, well, he comes back. I, I can... For some reason, I only ever remember the first one with the Homer car. I'm pretty sure he came back and he did the, the baby translating device. And I think he's, like, he's never mentioned again after that point. Um, although I think I watched an episode once where he was mentioned but not shown so I think he's still alive I hope he's still alive for something I'm going to mention <laughs> in a second um, but no I think yeah you've like I said like comedy writing is incredibly difficult but I think the emotional beats there were really good that is a very very solid idea so well done I, I would quite like to see that idea done by somebody who knows the Simpson style of comedy, like mm. that episode in the hands of like John Swartzwelder, who's written, who for you know, who's who's that guy's responsible for like lead writing on like the Hank Scorpio episode. Right. So like he's ideally the kind of person who I would like to handle that idea. I, I like the core of it, but I just I wasn't I couldn't get every joke. I couldn't make it feel like the Simpsons, and I couldn't make it feel like the end of a Simpsons episode, mm-hmm. which I think was a bit too ambitious. But I appreciate that you enjoyed it. Okay, so now, so I, I've done. I don't feel I've taken shortcuts, but I've I've not gone for emotionality. I've gone for basically, I wanted I wrote a list of right who's all your favourite Simpsons characters, and is there a way to fit them all into half an hour? So before I start mine, like three caveats. Yes, I am trying to do the Algene ending of. It's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle, a circle um, that ends so that once you finish watching the last this episode, you can then go and watch Simpsons Row on Open Fire, and it works as a as a circle. But I've tried to engineer a way that that makes sense. Mm. So bear with me on that. Um, the this would form a kind of I, I envision it as especially because you know this is going to be. The last episode of The Simpsons is probably going to be at least the highest rated thing on that year, if not one of the most watched TV shows of all time. We're talking like end of Friends level of popularity. Exactly. Everybody, even the most like relapsed Simpsons fan is going to want to see how it ends. So I would think they'd want to milk that. And that kind of gives me an out for what I'm going to do. So I would pitch this as a three day long thing. You'd have three half an hour episodes to end The Simpsons. The, it would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday would be a Lisa and Maggie-centric episode. Saturday would be a Homer and Marge-centric episode. Uh, I have not written synopsis for those at all, but you'd you know, you'd know figure something else that's nice. It's very focused and quite focused and tight-knit stories for those. And then the Sunday we end with a Bart-centric episode. And the other thing to keep in mind, this might give it away a little bit, but Matt Groening based the simpsons on his own family and he was bart it's mm. an anagram for brat so keep all that in mind i'm just going to go past the massive list of people i wanted to get in uh right so here we go bart is now this is where i worried in your pitch bart is finally graduating the fourth grade um but <laughs> we're not setting this at summer we're setting this at christmas because obviously we have to finish on a christmas scene um, so on a preview day of grade five, I don't know if you did this. I mean, we went to the same school, so I'd like to think you, this happened to you. But like, I feel like you would have like a lesson in your new classroom with your new teacher to kind of bed in. I think we had that, yeah. Right. Um, so I do something like that, but they're doing it at Christmas. It's, it's a plot contrivance, admittedly. But um, on a preview day of fifth grade, his new teacher, Professor Frink, Ask everyone to write a report on what they want to do when they grow up. Uh, Professor Frink is there as part of his community service. He says you create one swarm of flesh-eating bees and all of a sudden it's back to teaching with the running and the crying and the glaving erasure chalk in my eyes. <laughs> I can't do impressions, but... I am... Yeah, thank you. Um, Bart doesn't immediately know, like some of the others in his class what he wants to do when he grows up. Uh, Milhouse says after watching Aquaman, he wants to be a merman. Nelson <laughs> says he wants to be a merman beater upper. Um, anyway, so he, he, he's kind of like distressed. That he doesn't exactly know what he wants to do when he grows up. So uh, on the way home to the bus, he kind of uh, way home on the bus, even he kind of confesses this to Otto. And Otto just says he basically saw Bart taking his place. And we would just see a flash forward to like, what if Bart became Otto? Um, 
Bart gets really frustrated by this, and when he gets home, uh, Marge is trying to encourage him, but all of Bart's ideas, uh, internet daredevil, Olympic rocket sled champion, human guinea pig, etc., are all too <laughs> dangerous for her. Homer, on the other hand, kind of ex- tells him to accept his life as a, as a moocher, as Homer has already come to terms that he's basically going to be providing for Bart for the rest of his life, and he's never going to get shot of his son. Um, Bart gets annoyed at this and kind of storms away. Uh, Lisa comes to him in his room and talks through what he's good at. Uh, she points out that he's good at art, and he finally admits to being Alberto, but of course Lisa had already figured this out years ago. Um, and he likes to poke fun at everything, and he's had previous success with the Angry Dad internet cartoon. He should be a cartoonist. Um, oh, I see what you're fucking doing here. This is mm-hmm. good. I'm doing this because... Right, whenever we're watching Simpsons, my favourite episodes are where Bart and Lisa work together. So I'm trying to engineer that as much as I can, even though this is largely a Bart episode. So, what we're now going to do is I'm trying to emulate 22 short films about Springfield. Because we've had two... I'd probably up the emotion for the two previous episodes for the Lisa and the Homer Marge-centric episodes. So this one is just, we're going to see everybody. Everyone you like gets at least one line in this show. That might mean that, you know, it's kind of scattershot, but you'll see. I've, I've given it some narrative through line. Um, so Bart likes the idea, um, but he's really struggling to find his subject matter. He starts by imagining Maggie as a super baby fighting her enemies Snowball 2 and Santa's little helper. So you can imagine him, he's like lying on the couch and he's drawing her as like being super massive and she's, you know, fighting the cat and the dog um but he quickly gets bored because he'll only end up being brought out by disney and who would want that um <laughs> i wanted to get like, i've also realized watching simpsons this is why i'd have maggie be a fundamental part of the leash episode maggie is the most consistently funny character on the simpsons like even now when we're in the doldrums of like season 25 because they can't work with dialogue they have to think outside the box to make maggie funny and it almost always works. So I want to plant my flag in the ground to say Maggie's probably consistently the most funny character. Anyway. Yeah, well, the, sh- the shorts are really good as well, weren't they? Exactly, yeah. So they're, they're like the newest Simpsons that's still funny. So good on you, Maggie. Uh, See, so yeah, the rest of the episode is Bart travelling around uh, the re- like different locations looking for inspiration as he's off school for the Christmas holidays. Um this is a hotshot middle part that is essentially channeling 22 short films about Springfield. Um, so we start with, he's going to do an office parody uh, at the DMV with Patty and Selma, uh, who are wasting Krusty and Sideshow Mel's time by saying they need to fill out form A113F um, for his clown car insurance with monkey cover for Mr. Teeny. Uh, Krusty <laughs> asks if the F stands for famous, and but Selma tells him no, the F stands for freak. Uh, this angers Krusty, but Patty says he may as well hand them out to everybody else in the queue, where we see Duffman. Duffman feels victimised by your hurtful remark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bumblebee Man, who says, uh, Como lege haste el ultimo episodo, which is, how did I make it all the way to the last episode in Spanish? <laughs> and Disco Stew. Disco Stew has feelings, too. Um... <laughs> So that's all them. Uh, Bart decides this is too boring even for the Fox channel and leaves because we've got to get a dig at Fox in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, searching for a more Scrooge McDuck vibe, uh, Bart sneaks into Mr. Burns' office expecting it to be like, you know, some super villain there. But it's just cobwebs and old books instead of money. Uh, he's kind of hiding behind the polar bear. Um, and Burns um, tells Smithers that he's finally decided to sell the power plant. Um, Smithers goes into hysterics, but Byrne tells him that he's keeping him on as his personal assistant and mobile spare organ container. Um, <laughs> don't worry, Smithers, this will take a very long time, a very unfunny, boring time. Bart thinks, fair enough, and leaves just before Herb Powell walks in. This is Homer's long-lost brother, voiced by, um, oh my god, Dane DeVito, um, and he's there because he's the one who's buying the power plant. Mm. Um, he's made all his money back in the baby translating device 
and uh, he wants the Springfield nuclear peril plant uh, <laughs> wrapped up as soon as possible. Uh, Bart then goes with Homer to Moe's bar. Homer goes into the bathroom as Bart tells Lenny, Carl and Barney uh, about his idea to do an animated Cheers. Uh, Moe wishes he could help, but a bar full of idiots, bums and alcoholics could never be funny. Um, <laughs> Dr. Hibbert breaks in at this point, like, like kicks the door open. He's like, it's an emergency. We see Bart like perk up for a second. And but Dr. Hibbert reveals that it's just his Apple watch has run out of power and he needs to charge it. Um, <laughs> Bart leaves as Homer kind of enters back into the bar and he's like, right, I'm going now, Homer. I'll see you back at home. And literally as the door, you know, the doors like swing occasionally. Mm. So you'll see Bart leave. The door will swing open, swing back into the bar. And when it swings back open again, there's been an explosion and smoke's coming out. So Bart <laughs> has just missed the action again. Um, that's where we'd have the adverts. So um, when we come back home, Bart is back at home. He's just slumped on the kitchen table and Maggie is just drawing on the back of his head. Uh, Lisa tries to encourage him and suggest all the people he can easily pick on are at the school. Um, Bart moans that that would be helpful if it wasn't in the middle of the Christmas holidays, um, but uh, remembers that he actually has to go to school today um, for they're, they're doing the new teacher orientation. Lisa's like, why do you need to go to that? And Bart points out that being warned about him in person is part of the new teacher induction process. <laughs> um so Lisa accompanies Bart to school where Principal Skinner is talking to all his staff. He explains that due to budget cuts, groundskeeper Willie is now the first grade teacher. Uh, Lisa's like moaning, decrying, you know, the lack of education spending, um, saying it will only lead to unqualified people sculpting the future of the country. And she's like, who's going to be the second grade teacher? Comic book guy? Uh, comic book guy's actually sat behind her and leans in and says, uh, he's actually the new sixth grade teacher. Mole Man is the second grade teacher. <laughs> Um, so she's getting really annoyed at this point, but then Skinner reveals that the new third grade teacher, so Lisa's moving from the second grade into the third grade, is Mr. Bergstrom, voiced by Dustin Hoffman. Oh, Lisa, shit. like, swoons at this point, and Bart decides he has no interest in love cartoons, so he's out of there. Um, Bart is sat in the security room at the Quickie Mart, so there's just a bank of monitors in front of him looking at all the parts of the, uh, the Quickie Mart. Uh, Manjula walks in um, with the octuplets and Bart says he's thinking of doing a true crime series uh, and Apu had kind of allowed him to sit backstage at the uh, the quickie mark. Manjula says that's fine but Apu um, has the octuplets in security training so he'll need to share the screens with them so they all kind of sit on the chair with him. <laughs> um, we um, see Kearney uh, is opening do you know those like um, mystery toys you can get they come in little packets yeah. and it's like you know it's random lego figurines um he's opening itchy and scratchy surprise toys um and launching them into martin's mouth martin is being held by jimbo and dolph with his mouth wide open um and they're just going oh that's itchy thrown into his mouth um martin's actually keeping tally of this and corrects them when they say you know kearney opens a poochie and he thinks it's new and he goes no you launched poochie in there four hours ago uh, Cletus is trying to pass one of his kids off as life-size dolls um, so they can have a better life than he can provide for them. So he just turns up with them in like a big box um, and says, just keep it quiet, young'uns. You'll be you'll be off to a better life soon. Um, but he's then surprised to see that Marge walks into the Quickie Mart. Uh, she's messing around with like milk cartons and Bart like runs off to confront her. Turns out she was scraping off the ink Apu used to change the expiration date. Um, Apu catches them thanks to uh, Geet, his favourite octuplet, um, like telling him from the security room that something was up. Um, but Marge is too angry at this point, pointing out that everything in the store is out of date, including the label maker that Apu uses to change the dates on things. Um, <laughs> Bart decides this is, you know, too too tepid, too mainstream. He needs to go deeper into crime if he's going to get this right. Uh, luckily, they're opening a new maximum security wing of Springfield Prison. Uh, Chief Wiggum is also showing Ralph round at the same time. Uh, they go past a cell with Fat Tony, Legs and Louie from the mob. Uh, they start talking in mafia terms like Fugazi and Gumars and all this stuff. And Ralph gets scared saying they're talking gibbity-gabbity. Um, Bart's like snidey laughs at Ralph for getting scared by words before we hear, Hello, Bart. 
I can't do a sideshow Bob to save my life. Um, <laughs> sideshow Bobby stood behind him and like grabs, like you know, tries to grab him, um, but misses. Chief Wigan reminds him that he's now wearing the Crotch Churner three thousand um, that all pe- pre- people in the maximum security wing have. Uh, Bob goads him into using it, but when Wiggum hits the button, we kind of see behind Wiggum, but Sideshow Bob's fine, but all three uh, mob guys just, like, fall to the floor, like, grabbing their crotch. (laughs) Um, um, Bart is, like, sorry, Bob is laughing maniacally until Bart just punches him in the dick. Um, He falls falls backwards and he's caught by Snake, who is his cellmate. Um, Bob's like, how did I allow this to happen? Uh, Snake points out that he spelled out his intentions to kill a 10-year-old on a Netflix documentary about him. Um, so they just locked him up immediately after that aired. Um, <laughs> coming, oh, this this is, oh, this is pushing it. Um, chiming in from the next cell, Hank Scorpio said it could have been worse. He ruled the Eastern Seaboard, but got caught out by an email scam. So, <laughs> right. I must admit, this is the most crowbarding bit I've done, but bear with me. A female teenager steps forward into the light to congratulate Bart, and she looks suspiciously like a punk rock teenage Lisa. She just goes by Anom, which was her grandmother's name, backwards. Bart stares at her blankly until she goes, Mona, her name was Mona. Um, hey, that was my grandma's name too. Wigan tells them to break it up, saying Bart's already on the fast track to his own cell here without falling in with the eco-terrorism crowd. So, basically I'm implying that during her time on the run, Mona started another family, and this is she, this is a long-lost Simpson cousin, essentially. Well, half-sister, I guess. I like that. Um, so, Bart is now getting desperate and he decides to put together an oscar bait cartoon drama based at the retirement castle we see everything in black and white with bart narrating in a bad british accent highlights include abe shouting at commie clouds um jasper (laughs) using the wrong-sided prosthetic leg um so he's got two left feet and he's just walking in a circle and uh (laughs) mrs bouvier um moves in exciting all the men at the retirement castle and then we literally crash cut to them all just like staring blankly at the window saying they've completely forgot that there is now a new woman in the castle five minutes later. <laughs> Finally, reaching the end of his rope, Bart decides that religious cartoons can't be that hard. He sets up a nativity for the Flanders family with Reverend Lovejoy narrating. Uh, Bart is falling asleep trying to draw before Homer like jumps the fence and smashes the crib and the baby Jesus in half. Um, he's there to tell Bart that it's time to go to the Christmas pageant. On the way there, Bart is just really, really down as he clambers into the car with the rest of the family. In the car, Lisa tells him he's trying too hard. Just write about what you know. Everyone in the car starts ranting about where they'd rather be at the pageant, and Bart starts picturing them as they first appeared in episode one of season one, crudeness and all. Um, so as they're talking, they kind of morph into what they looked like in that first episode. Um, I'm not saying go all the way back to Tracy Ullman levels, but they look like what they did in the first episode. Um, as they sit down in the school hall, he asks Lisa if she has any paper and a pencil with her, because he's got a great idea. She does, and he says he might finally have something. She says she's so proud of him and gives him a big hug. Mark, Marge hugs them both, saying that she loves it when they work together. Bart, for once, doesn't squirm out. He sits next to Homer and draws out the Simpsons exactly as they look at the start of season one. As Homer asks him who they were, Bart says, The Crash of Black, end of episode. <laughs> so, what I've done there is I've basically made a meta version of how you make it a big circle. Because, as I said, Mac Groening is based on Bart. Bart becomes a cartoonist, and when you watch The Simpsons through a second time, you are watching Bart's cartoon of his life. So it acts as one... So you can at least watch The Simpsons through twice. The first one is the kayfabe version, and then you are watching Bart's version of that story. And that's how you make it a cycle, is you can literally then have an in-canon reason to watch you know, this episode and then season one, episode one, and it makes linear sense. You are seeing them leave that Christmas pageant with Bart now on 
the train to becoming a cartoonist, and this is the cartoon he puts together all those years later, starting from the point he first had the idea to make the Simpsons cartoon. Whew! I'm glad that's finally out of my brain. If I could just make one addition... But go on. At the very, very end, as the pageant begins, and Homer asks Bart what he's drawing... Could like the kids' choir just go like ha, ah, and then he says oh, the, and then you end it. That is beautiful, and I agree. That's now in the my pitch for how to end the Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> I know it was a bit like scattershot, but if you'll notice, in every scene of that kind of rapid fire bit in the middle, there is a Simpsons character involved in every single scene. That's why I had to crowbar in Mona's like long lost granddaughter. Mm. Because there is a Simpson. So when he's like drawing them out, I had a bit where Bart would be like saying, well, you know, you've got, you know, just a family and all their crazy relatives. So the, the Simpsons are basically the instigators for everything that happens in Springfield. Her buying the power plant, um, Homer creating destruction just as Bart walks away from it. Lisa and Mr. Bergstrom. Um patty and selma in the first scene abe in the retirement castle so that he has the idea of like well everything interesting that has happened revolves around my family so why wouldn't i base it on my family i know it's meta as fuck but i just like that idea it does give it the circle so i gotta say it again the circular kind of booking that al Jean and the, all the other showrunners apparently want it to do so it then becomes an infinite loop something you can't do with basically any other medium you have to do it in cartoons so that it can just constantly constantly run round and round in a circle and it never feels like it truly ends like it is a true ending because i can't think of anybody like kent brockman i suppose wasn't in there let me have a quick look at the list of who wasn't featured uh yeah kent brockman uh oh that's about it um and then everyone... like, the characters like who their voice actors have died or the characters are dead that kind of thing yeah and i like a few of them probably didn't need to be there i just really wanted to get like mr bergstrom i think he has like one of the all-time best simpson episode hank scorpio has what everyone probably considers to be one of the top three best simpsons episodes yeah. ever made sideshow it... barb as well yeah exactly it really annoys me that they never bothered to get hank scorpio back especially for the simpsons movie considering the guy who voices the bad guy in the simpsons movie is the guy who voiced hank scorpio and i think he was in the running but people didn't think that the people who the executives at fox didn't think people would remember who hank scorpio was and i'm like that's just such a missed opportunity to bring him back but yeah i suppose he wouldn't hank scorpio wasn't particularly evil towards homer so locking him in a dome would have made much sense anyway i just wanted to say goodbye to all my favorite characters and i think i managed to do that and gave it that secular oh god i cannot say any circle words today <laughs> gives it that nice rounded ending that means that you don't necessarily ever have to stop finish you know watching the simpsons you can just keep going back and round and round as much times as you want you've certainly captured more of the humor that i was looking to do mm -hmm. i think if we'd worked together we might have made Oof. the perfect ending <laughs> the fact Oof. that we've gone head to head means that we've both produced pretty good ideas but not like the ultimate idea <laughs> um no i really liked yours i, I like that you kind of you, you took everything that made the Simpsons humour works. So you were able to say goodbye to all of the characters without it feeling like a goodbye. I especially love the DMV, the, the office DMV thing. Hmm. I think that's phenomenal. Duffman has feelings too. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. That's so funny. Uh, and was... the, you know, the, the fact that you've got characters in locations where they wouldn't normally be, like with the, uh, what you call it, the the school scene having mm -hmm. comic book guy and especially no one wants to be taught by mole man, mole man. <laughs> <laughs> i would love to see that especially because it kind of fills the gaps of like the characters and the voice actors that we've sadly mm -hmm. lost so like we can't have troy mcclure we can't have yeah. the bop or we can't have all of these things no um without using archive footage which i think robs it of the true ending yeah. um no i really like the the and I'm glad that neither of us went for, like, a cataclysmic event. I think that's the most no. important thing, that it has to capture nucleic, real American life. Yeah. And, you know, some of the ideas that I was reading on the internet, like, oh, they they go, like, 
they have to escape the cartoon reality and they go into the 3D reality from that one Treehouse of Horror episode and live in the real world. I'm like, that's the stupidest shit I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, all the people that want, like... Somebody had a really good idea on Reddit, which was the entire season is all goodbye episodes. The last season is you say goodbye to everybody individually. I'm like, I like Mm -hmm. that, but that's going to get old real fucking quick. Yeah, like, you you would do... not, Not if it was just... Not necessarily a goodbye episode, but like every, like everyone's favorite character gets a centric episode on them. So you do. To be fair, like I love the character of Mo, but all Mo centric episodes are this. There's only two Mo centric episodes. They're renovating the bar, or he tries to kill himself and he's sad. Those are literally all Mo episodes. You got the third be... category where he gets a girlfriend that's too good for him. Yep, sorry, I forgot about that one. But yeah, that is literally all Mo episodes that you can have. And he's had by most, by far the most, like, separate episodes of all the B characters. But yeah, if it, not necessarily like a goodbye, but you give them a very good final episode. It's the last season. Break the fucking bank account. Get all the classic Simpsons writers in. Like, give all the current ones, like, saying, oh, yeah, you'll still contribute, but, like, like get guest directors in kind of thing. Like, do the Mandalorian. Yeah, exactly. Or the Mandalorian, like you just said, like, right, you're back. You know, you you wrote this episode. We're trying to channel that. You're back. You're going to get to write your goodbye to I don't know, like Apu and so on. Though Apu might be difficult. Um, I don't know if they they want to touch him anymore after all the stuff that's happened with him. Mm. Anyway, despite so... I didn't know that they'd um, they completely recast uh, Carl, Doctor Hibbert, and uh, Judge Snyder as well. Like yeah. they have all new voice actors, so. That's the thing. I think there's there's quite a lot of barriers already up when it comes to any of the Simpsons. Like we've already discussed, cast members die. I think if one of the four, if Dan Castellaneta, Julie Kavner, Nancy Cartwright, or Yardley Smith die, mm-hmm. the show is over. That is it. It's yeah. done. And that's the but, only way I can see it is like actually ending in real life. Whereas I think this, both of our methods, I think especially yours, because yours kept the humor up. Um, would be the better way of doing it. And much like how you were annoyed that we could, wouldn't get um, Pokemon Legends Arceus and then it happened, I yeah. don't think we're getting either of these, but I'll be fucking glad if we do. <laughs> we're trying to will it into existence. But you're right, like, we don't want it to end just because the main characters, like, the voice actors have died. Like, that's such a damp squib. My hope is, and this was kind of my hope for the longest time with Stan Lee cameos, I hoped they had one in the bag that gave him, like, a proper send-off. Like, no matter when he went, like, he didn't have to really tie into anything, but they just had one ready to go. Even, like, remember they did Marvel one-shots? Mm. If they just had a Stanley centric one that explained, you know, his his part as being, like, a messenger to the Watchers or whatever it was, that would have been fantastic. I hope, sat deep in the bells, I was about to say Fox, but not there anymore, deep in the bells of a like, Disney production team, much like how every radio station has a break glass in case of queen death type mm. of like i i worked at a community radio station and they i was in the storage cupboard and they went oh yeah that red box is when the queen dies those are the only four cds we're allowed to play like yeah it's gonna be nothing but rolling cup 24 hour like commemorations of her and those the, the very few songs are on that cd Hopefully, somewhere deep in Disney, they've already recorded the last episode of The Simpsons. At least the voices, you know what I mean? Not animated, but they've got all the story done, the voice acting done, so that should the worst happen and one of the main, you know, main voice actors goes down, and I think it would need to be one of The Simpsons' family themselves, because there's so many people who can do impressions of everybody else on the show that I don't think, say, Touchwood doesn't happen for a long, long time. Say Hank Azaria went, like... Mm. I mean, we've already seen they've replaced some of his character because he was the guy who voiced Apu and um, Dr. Hibbert and Carl and so on. That if he goes there, they'll just get impressionists to come in and fill the blanks. If one of those main four that you just mentioned goes, I hope to God they've already got a satisfying ending locked away somewhere for the worst case scenario. Hopefully they would get to that point naturally and they could all voice, you know, a final episode and not have to rely on this. But, yeah, I've got to hope that is, because it's going to be such a damp squib if it just goes out because, oh, no, someone's died, and, oh, well, that's the end of The Simpsons. Bye, everybody. 
yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we enter the reality of oh, what's the end of the, the end of one of those clip shows where it's like we've got stories for years. Marge becomes <laughs> no a fit. robot, <laughs> like all that. <laughs> Mo gets Maybe a cell phone. Cell phone and do, 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 do. How about a crazy wedding where something happens and do 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 do? There is a Simpsons quote for, for a everything. Simpsons quote. Oh god, yeah, there is. <laughs> we, much like your episode, we've gone meta on the Simpsons quotes. I can't believe that. Beautiful. We've used the Simpsons to tell the problem of ending the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I think the only way that we can close out this episode is by saying the Simpsons did it. <laughs> Beautiful. Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh, you can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Mike going. You can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at the Guthridge. You can go and find the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the username Fowley and T. That's F O U L E N T. Find us on Spotify, find us on Apple Podcasts, find us on SoundCloud, anywhere you can pick up an RSS feed under the username Fowley and T or Fowley and T Podcast, depending on the service you're using. And of course, go to fansentainment.com for more podcasts, for more written stuff, for more everything you love and crave. Oh, much, oh, I really echo what you said. I'm glad that that one's out there because that one was tearing me apart. Uh, it just, if you're swirling round, ever since I saw that interview with him, I've been like, well, hey, would you actually, you know, finish this thing and it's just been swirling around my brain for it's got to be at least a couple of years now so i'm just happy it's committed to audio people can listen to it and i can think about something else such as we've got upcoming reviews of the four hour snyder cut of the justice league i'm tackling that thing tonight and i hope we can get it done but i have my doubts that it may be spread out over this long bank holiday weekend that we have um we also have uh, Godzilla and King Kong. Michael's already watched it. I'm about to watch it. So that will be with you shortly as well. And of course, in the not too distant future, we're going to have reviews of uh, Captain... Uh, sorry, that's the one we went. Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. We are, yeah. Plenty of stuff to come. And of course, the Oscars are looming at us just four weeks away. Might be closer ah. to three now. Yeah, it's close to three. Shit, I need to get on the <laughs> documentaries. Oh, yes, boy. Do. Okay, great stuff. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Pitching Tents, and we will see you in the next one. Most likely going to be another Pokemon one. Bye, everybody! Bye!